Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. Today, I have a special guest, a student, Christy Bowman. Welcome to Level Up. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Enjoying the sunshine. Awesome. Fantastic. And tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, currently, I work full-time at a telecommunications company doing cell phones. And then I'm also a full-time student working on my MBA with a specialty in information technology. That's exciting. Information technology. What actually made you decide to get your master's in IT? Well, my job is a lot of IT type stuff. And I've always been into computers since I was very small. I actually learned most of the stuff I know on computers by taking them apart, breaking them, and learning how to put back together. So that's like my hobby, my passion. I do it at home just for fun, just because I want to see what I can build. That's awesome. And having a degree in that, definitely with your passion, it's going to go somewhere for sure. Do you have any kids? Are you married? Tell me a little bit more. Yeah. I am married. We've been married six years, over a little over six years. Um, I have two grown children. My son is 25, and my daughter is going to be 26 soon. And um, I have one granddaughter who will be two in October, and another one that we're waiting to see if it's a granddaughter or a grandson on the way. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. You know, I'm sure there you'll be like the role model, like, oh, Jima is going to school. I'm going to stay in school. That's for sure. Now, how did you actually like became a student? How did you decide, like, I'm just going to go back to school and get my master's because I love computers? Well, I had been thinking about it ever since I got my bachelor's. When I first went back to school to get my associates, I was already in my late 30s. But I'm the first person in my family to ever graduate from college. And I'll be the first person to ever even attempt to go like to a master's degree. Like I have an aunt that has a certificate program that she went to years and years ago to be a secretary. But I'm the first one that's actually ever had a degree. And I've seen what my bachelor's degree could do. And the company I work with has plenty of room for advancement. So... I decided to go back and get my master's A just to show my family that it can be done and B to use it to expand my career. Yeah, I'm so glad that you see education as something. And by the way, congratulations on being the first in your family. I'm sure your family is super proud of you, your husband, your kids, your grandkids. I'm sure they're super proud of you. What actually about education that you love the most? I love learning new stuff. And with my degrees, it's like every class I take, even if I know a lot about the subject, going through the class, I still learn something new that I didn't know before. 
So even in my computer classes and stuff like that, I may have done this stuff for years and know pretty much everything about it, but there's always something that I find an easier way to do or a better way to do or just something I didn't know you could do. Right. Just learning something. What does education mean to you personally? It means a lot. I was actually raised by my grandparents, so my mom only made it through the eighth grade just because uh, in her time, that was basically all you did. My pal was a farmer and never made it past third grade. So just being able to have that opportunity, you know, even though they're not with us anymore, I know they're seeing me be able to do it. And I want to be able to show, you know, my grandkids that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've been through, you can still do it. That's amazing. Being a role model again, that that's actually amazing. I love that. Now, thank you for sharing that story because I'm sure a lot of our listeners also, not everyone has a degree, but they would love to have, you know, education. What is the driving force for you? Like when time is kind of rough, right? You're working full time, you got grandkids, um, you're married, you have a husband, there's other needs. Like when you feel down, what are the things that you say, okay, I need to finish this master's because I love education and I already put on the time and I will be the first in my family to actually get this. What are the some of the things that you actually go through when, when times sometimes it's kind of difficult doing homework? I guess a lot of it is I've been speaking and stuff in the past with other women that have come from rough backgrounds and just to be able to show people, you know, like if I quit, that gives them a reason to quit, you know, why bother? But I know if I can keep going and earn that degree, because I have the support of my family, my husband, my kids, they all joke with me, but they keep pushing me when I do my homework and get tired and stuff like that. But, you know, if I ever was to go speak to these women again, I can show them, look, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at now, if you keep going, you can do this too. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're basically getting pushed in, in so many ways. And I love that you have family support because some people have to fight for that support. They don't have any, anybody to support them. So that's wonderful that you have that. Now, has the recent COVID-19 pandemic affected your life at all in terms of school and family? It has a little bit. Luckily, my job that I have now is permanent work from home. So it was work from home before, you know, even the pandemic. Of course, the on-site locations, a lot of them end up having to go to work at home. But my previous job, it made a big difference because we had to get our entire contract home. And so I I got, that was another one of my little IT quirks was we only had one IT person at the time so I got to kind of jump in and help out with that just getting everybody set up at home and stuff like that as far as like personally goes it hasn't really affected us too much you know because like I said I work at home anyway but just I had I had actually had COVID before anybody really even knew it was COVID and just some of the lasting side effects are kind of rough at times but you know it's not too terribly bad 
Wow, that's that's actually you're not the first student I've talked to that had COVID. I think honestly, last week I think I had the mild. You know, there's mild COVID now. It's not super harsh, but I think last Wednesday I got it from my kids from their school. I didn't get tested, but all the symptoms that you'd find, like the headaches, the sore throat, the fever, the shivering, like I had that for days and. I'm teaching a class right now and sometimes my voice is gone. I'm like, my throat hurts. I'm sorry. You know, it's it's been kind of a wild ride having that. It's like, it's not the flu. It's like a little bit more than the flu, but it's not so much. I mean, so that's how I'm feeling right now with that. So I don't know the first COVID. I know my mom said that she had all four of them and and she has lupus. So it's been difficult for her body. And she's like, Oh, man, I'm so tired. Like she literally just feels I feel like she's sleeping all day. And she's in pain, she said, so it just wears your body out. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Because that's difficult. I can't speak for you. But for me, I'm always tired from these things, you know, so I'm like, oh, man, I hope you're feeling better, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm doing, like, I got over it. I actually caught it in late November of 2019, and then I finally was able to get over it in February of 2020. So I had, you know, of course, they didn't know, they knew what it was, but it was one of those everybody had just started hearing about it. So they didn't know, like, exactly what was going on. They just thought it was pneumonia, you know, or double lung pneumonia, something like that. But the treatments that they did actually helped. Oh. You know, even not knowing why it was. Yeah. It just took a while to get over it. And now you hear people talk about the side effects. Like I usually walk like constantly and never have a problem. But now I have instances where just walking from my couch up my stairs to my bed, I get winded. Uh, now, some of the times I can do it 20 times a day and it doesn't bother me at all. It's just like randomly I'll be out of breath. And as long as I sit down and take a break for a while, I'm fine. And then it may not happen again for days, you know. So it's not consistent. Well, I hope you feel better and there's therapy out there for for people that are going through. Because I know my mom's been trying to find someone to help her with a therapy for sure, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, being a student, you know, working full time and having COVID, that is not easy. That is not easy. So thank you for for even being here today. But what is your favorite thing being a student? Can you tell me about like your favorite subject? What what do you enjoy the most at school? I really enjoy meeting the other people just to see other people like me because I love our school because I am older. You know, and I work full time, you know, I'm 44 years old. You don't see a lot of college students at my age, you know, in like your standard go to campus university. They're all super young and, you know, this is the first time they've been out of the house and they don't know what it's like to have kids and grandkids and work in school and, you know, husbands and wives and everything else that goes along with it because this is their first experience. But I like meeting people who are you know, my age, some of them are older, they're a little bit younger, but we all at least understand what life is like, you know, because we've raised families, we've had full-time jobs, we're all working and going to school. Okay, so what is the most challenging thing for you in the classroom? I think the, probably the most challenging thing is just making sure to keep it all straight. 
remembering like this price is on this day and that price is on that day and work is on this day and this is due on this day. But where I've been an online student for so long, I was on campus for about a quarter of my associate's degree. And then I was one of the first ones that transferred over to being an online student. I was like a guinea pig for their online program. And so I've kind of gotten into a, a routine of this is supposed to be done on this day. That's supposed to be done on that day. But I think the hardest thing is just keeping up with making sure I do everything on schedule. Right, right. And like you said, I think it's harder for our demographics. Like for me, I went back to school as well. I'm taking a master's in cybersecurity. And I have two kids and I have four dogs and I've been married 20 years and, you know, and I have a full-time job. So I can feel what you're feeling in terms of that pressure and trying to be more organized and making sure that I don't drop the ball on any of my activities that I'm trying to do. So I know how that feels. So you're right. It's nice to actually see people with similar situations that understand what life is like being in that situation and still trying to do education you know in our top of the list so I salute you for doing that that's that's amazing and definitely a good role model to your to your family what do you think your professors should do in order to keep students like yourself engaged in the classroom like what kind of tips do you think you could provide for your teachers I think one of the biggest things is just to make it like mean something in the real world I learned better with case studies and different studies that have been done with people out in the real world, legal cases that are actually real cases and computer programs that are actually real computer programs. You know, instead of just read this chapter and memorize it. Yeah, more like theory-based. Yeah. That's true. Case studies are always good. Actually, I don't know if you've exposed exposed to scenario-based learning where you're given a scenario and then either you put in your groups or you actually uh, work on it on your own personally and, and see how would you handle this situation if you were in this situation, right? Those, I love those types of um, classes where they have SBLs, you know, scenario-based learning. So those are awesome to do. You're right though. I think especially in the master's program, memorization and theory-based should not even be allowed. I think at that level, critical thinking, creative thinking skills, communication skills is necessary and it needs to be exercised rather than just be stagnant, right? Because it's like, if you do theory, you usually have an exam that's like A, B, C, D, right? You're not able to like expand your thoughts or even show your skills and your critical thinking skills. So that's definitely a good tips for your teacher. Now, what would you like your teachers or your classmates really to know about you that is somewhat relatable to their own experience? You mentioned already like your demographics, our demographics, working adults, have children. What else do you think? And I think a lot of people, if they've come from a rougher background, then they just assume that, you know, if I, because like, I lived on and off on the street for almost 10 years and was an addict. And I think in that situation, a lot of people don't believe that they could ever do anything different. Well, I've been off the streets now for going on eight years. I've been clean for going on 12. And 
I think people just need to see that it doesn't matter how rough of an area you come from, you know, because people always talk about lower incomes don't go to school. They don't become anything. Well, they can. They just have to be shown that they can do it, that other people like them have done it. Wow. Actually, that's an inspiring story. Like, I'm stopped on my tracks right now thinking about that. How hard would it be for someone being homeless, but then on top of being homeless, being an addict? Like, I can't imagine that, and I can't relate to that. I'm not even going to pretend I can relate because I can't. But I have seen people on the street like that and for you to actually turn around yourself I want to know what made you turn around and decided you know what I'm gonna stop what I'm doing I want to be productive what did you do or what happened in your life that made you turn around I think the biggest thing and I know it is probably gonna sound crazy because it was from my sister but she, I was right in the middle of, you know, one of my binges and she asked me, she was like, what am I going to tell your kids? Because they didn't live with me at the time. She was like, what do you want me to tell them when you're gone? And something about that clicked in my head. She was like, you need, you know, to straighten up and show them that you can. And something about just her saying that. I walked away from everything that day and never looked back. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> for the first time, I, I don't even have anything to say to that. I'm, I'm, I think family is something that's very strong, that makes us do things that seems impossible, possible. Um, I think mm-hmm. in your case, you didn't want to lose your family forever. And you wanted to show them that you can at that moment. And the pivot was just change. And now we can see success. And I am celebrating with you, Christy, genuinely. As soon as you graduate, I will be there. Like, I'm celebrating with you. Because that is a huge milestone in anyone's life to get a master's degree. But to get a master's degree with the walks of life that you've gone through, that's amazing, like super amazing that you did that. And I think that's such an inspiring story. And I'm sure that your family is super proud of you, even just being clean and, you know, having your home and staying married and now even going to get a degree and celebrating and have a full-time job. Like, that's amazing. Like, how do you stay inspired? I guess just, looking at where I came from and just knowing that you can't ever look back. You can't base your future off of what your past is. You know, you have to look forward. I can see what I can be instead of what everybody assumed I was. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Cause I, I used to speak in places in Knoxville and in places in Atlanta cause I traveled to domestic abuse survivors that were also addicts, you know, just to show them, look, you know, I'm standing here. I didn't let him get me. I didn't let the drugs get me. And I was had started to enroll in school at the time. I wasn't enrolled yet, but I was telling them, you know, look, doesn't matter what you're going through now. Look forward. Quit looking backwards. That's a good tip. Just move forward. Look at your future, what you're going to do, and the possibilities that you could do. 
I think you could definitely change lives on the people that are going through the same thing right now. They might not be homeless, but they might be addict or know somebody who's doing that and and have that conversation. It's like, okay, what is something that you want in life so bad? What if that person or that thing is taken away from you? How would you feel? Because for you, it's your kids and got you through it and push you and never gave up. And I love that. Because sometimes people don't, they're so in that moment that they forget everyone else. And then for you, it's an epiphany and a, a pivot. Well, like I said, I'm like, wow, that's so amazing and so inspiring. But if I could remove all barriers and constraints that you face, any obstacles, anything like money's not an object, people that will help you is not an object, what kind of project that you think you would create to inspire others? I think my biggest thing, and I've I've looked into it and just kind of studied it, I guess, since I was on the street, but there's been studies done that there's enough abandoned properties in the United States, just in the continental United States, it doesn't include Hawaii and Puerto Rico and Alaska and all that, but just in the continental United States, there's enough abandoned properties to give every homeless person in the country multiple houses. And it would end homelessness because all these houses are sitting here abandoned. Nobody cares about them. They're just letting them go back to the ground. If I had like no issue with money or anything like that, I would set up some sort of a program with local government to set something up to where, okay, this property is abandoned. We don't know who it belongs to or it belongs to the city now because, you know, nobody claimed it or whatever, however that works. And, set up some sort of program where if you went through their program, you could work on these properties, you know, make them look better, make them livable. And then one of them is given to you for the work that you've done. Mm -hmm. If you go through their program, because not only would that help the homeless, but that would help communities. Like where I live, you can drive through certain areas of town and there's abandoned houses everywhere. Like the few houses that are there, I'm sure their property value is in the paint just because the house next to them is abandoned, the house across the street is abandoned and falling down, the house down the street is abandoned and falling down. And those could be used to make a difference. Hmm. Well, I think you could do this project realistically. It might not be without constraints or obstacles. But I'm sure if you want this to happen, there are people out there that would help you say, hey, what can we do with our homelessness issue? Like in California, we have a lot of homeless people. And I expect it because the the just the living, the lifestyle here, it's just crazy. Everything is so expensive. Like I can't even go out just to get tacos with my kids without spending 50 bucks. And if I go to dinner with four of my families, it's like $200 minimum. Right. And it's not like we're extravagant. It's literally just a plate and some drinks. And it's crazy. Yeah. Drive throughs are like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I'm like, wh- when did this happen? You know, like, I, was I sleeping that long? What, what is happening? Yeah. So homelessness is going to just keep going the way we are going for right now. But that's a great project. I definitely think that that is possible. I did not even know that there's a lot of abandoned homes out there that can be flipped to have people live in it 
so and and have them work you know on that and you're right it helps the the community that the abandoned house is in and get the property value up and running rather than having it abandoned and torn apart so yeah i agree with that now finally what makes you feel inspired like is there anything further you would like to share with our level up listeners today i guess just looking at the people around me seeing my kids smile when they see me doing homework being able to say call and say hey let's all go out to dinner tonight i have a job now that i can actually do that instead of telling them i can't because i'm broke we don't have a lot of money or anything like that it's like a special occasion but if they call and say hey next weekend let's go do this we actually have the ability to do that you know and i know with my master's degree as long as i keep pushing and i get through it and i keep going those are going to become more frequent you know maybe i'll be able to take all them out to eat instead so just looking to the future to see what's next you know me and my husband have always told ourselves we take baby steps we got off the street in just a miniature little apartment thing with no car no nothing you know and then we got you know a trailer that was a little bit bigger and you know then we got a little bit bigger trailer now we have a house it's like baby steps so i'm just excited to see what's the next you know, next baby step is going to be for us. Yeah. And Andrew, your husband, I have the pleasure of knowing him as one of my students. And he is smart. He knows what he wants. I think he would be great uh, doing economics for sure. He, I had him in my economics class. He's an amazing student. He has a lot to say. And I think between you and him creating a project, something that you're passionate about, it will be successful because you don't take no for an answer. Like you said, you've been you've been through a lot and this is nothing compared to that. You're trying to help others. And so I love that. Pushing through, looking out in the future, not looking in your past, like just concentrating on the past, but like looking at it as a lesson learned and then moving forward. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. And I'm sure our listeners are also inspired to know your story and how you overcame your adversity, your journey, and where you're at today. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on here. It was great. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Have a wonderful day, okay? Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at levelupbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.